0: Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode seven. This is a special Halloween episode. Happy Halloween to everybody. We're going to cover everything from Luca being my clear-cut MVP frontrunner, the Cleveland Cavaliers who need to start getting some love and attention immediately, along with the Portland Trailblazers, Philadelphia, every single sports team going on in the city. We'll dive into all of that. How's everybody doing? Again, happy Halloween. Fun that this is kind. uh, technically it's coming out on Sunday night, but everybody's going to listen to it Monday morning. So fun that this is coming out on uh, on Halloween. I want to see everybody's Halloween costumes. If you've got if you feel like you've got a good Halloween costume, uh, please send it to me. I'll tweet something out. I'll put it on Instagram. I want to see the best Halloween costume. And uh, how about this? Whoever has the best one who I think is the best one gets a special little uh, a little surprise sent to him. Six or something that uh, I think you'll like. I want to see it. I love Halloween, man. Me, me and my wife, we were big Halloween fans. Uh, this, however, sadly, is the first year um, since we've started dating, I think, that we are not dressing up. We're becoming old. We're becoming parents. Uh, our little, little girl's going to be Little Red Riding Hood. And the thought was to be the Big Bad Wolf and the grandma, but <clears throat> didn't happen. So disappointing, I know. Very disappointing. I'm sure everybody was looking forward to hearing about that. Anyway, I hope you all had a fantastic week. Uh, let's dive into things right off the bat, and that is Luka. I want to talk about Luka. Now, the Mavericks are 3-3. Three and three. If you just look at their record alone, it's nothing special. They've got some bad losses, right? They just barely lost to the Thunder at home. You don't do that. Uh, they just beat today, again, I'm recording this Sunday, they just beat the Orlando Magic. The game was a little bit closer. I am a full believer in playing down to your competition. I think that's what happened. Uh, also, by the way, let's just take a step back, that Oklahoma City Thunder game. Um, Isaiah Joe, former Sixer, balled out, and it was awesome to see. Look, I wish that somehow he could have stayed with the Sixers. It, here's the reality of it. If he stays with the Sixers, he doesn't get a shot. He doesn't get a real chance to show what he can do and play. And Oklahoma City is the perfect place for him to showcase what he can do. And that's what he did the other night against the Mavs. So shout out my guy, Isaiah Joe. Pretty awesome to see. And just know, like, that dude, the entire city of Philadelphia is still rooting for that guy. Everybody was rooting for him. So pretty cool to see him do his thing. And I hope to he continues it. I hope he continues it. So back on Luca, They beat the Magic today. Paulo Bancaro, awesome freak, I think, runaway Rookie of the Year favorite this far into the season. But Luka is absolutely unbelievable. Again, if you just look at the Mavs record, you're not going to be flattered. But he is a freak. Again, there's six games into the season, but he is averaging 37 points a game. He's shooting 50% from the field. He's averaging 9.5 rebounds a game, 9 assists per game, and 2 steals a game. His 3-point percentage is very, very low. Luca's not like a dead eye three point shooter, but everybody knows him for a step back three point, right? Like that's, that's his move. And he's shooting like 22, a little over 22% from three so far. That number is only going to rise. That is going to improve. And his numbers are going to be even crazier. It's other, like these numbers are insane. They're otherworldly. He's been getting a little bit of help here and there, whether it's Dinwiddie, whether it's Hardaway Jr. Christian Wood hasn't even really gotten – like, he hasn't got it going yet. That's a fun thought. I like what the Mavs can do. I really do. I like how they signed JaVale McGee this year. I like him as a big on this team simply because he does not demand the ball. He doesn't demand any type of offense. And he's a big guy. He's an anchor down low. He's not like a defensive stud, but he's a good enough big, especially a vet on this team. I like that they can stagger and put McGee on the floor. Same with uh homeboy, Cleaver, and who can stretch the floor and knock down the three while JaVale's holding it down that low and Luca can do his thing up top, spaced with shooters. I love that. If JaVale's off the floor, I like how they can go small and put Cleaver down low. I don't know. I, I like this Mavs roster. I really do. And the fact that Christian Wood hasn't got it going yet, I think is a huge, huge thing to be excited about. Also if you look at Bullock, he really hasn't got it going either. He he won them. He won them a couple games last playoff uh against the Jazz, but he he was dead eye. He was lights out. Now maybe was that a flash in the pan, who knows, but he hasn't got it going like this team's only going to improve. I've said it before, I'll say it again. If Luka can get this Mavs team to a playoff spot that does not require them to be in the play-in, He is my just shoe in MVP. So what? That's seed six or higher. And I think it's going to happen. Again, feels hilarious saying six games into the season, but I really do. I feel really, really good about it. And shout-out Luca. I've said it since a month before the season started. He was my favorite. He is my MVP uh, choice and prediction, and he is living up to it. Just got to start winning some games. And I think that's going to happen once they get settled. That roster gets a little bit more comfortable with each other. Uh, look out. Fun time to be a Mavs fan if you are. That's great. Now, speaking of fun time, this need honestly, this should be the story. Nobody is talking about this. All anybody's talking about is how Brooklyn sucks, Philly sucks, the Lakers suck. And that the fun teams are like the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs and the Trailblazers, who we'll talk about in a second. The Cleveland Cavaliers are getting no love. And we need to start giving them some love. We need to give them some attention. They're 5-1. and one. They're sitting on top of the Eastern Conference. And Donovan Mitchell is playing the best basketball of, of his entire career. Donnie is averaging 32 points a game. He's shooting a little less than 50% from the field. Four and a half rebounds a game. Seven assists per game. And two steals a game. The assists is what jumps out to me there. He's doing all of this without Darius Garland. Which you can argue, okay, that is impressive or not as impressive because both of those guys are going, I mean, they're relatively close to the same style of basketball player. They need the ball in their hands. They're little guards who are ball dominant. But what he's doing with this roster immediately is very awesome. Donovan has not played like this. They started off the season with a close, pretty rough loss to the Raptors. And Donovan went into the Donovan of old mode with the Utah Jazz where he went into take takeover. Chucking shots, bad looks, and they ended up losing a very close game. He hasn't done that since. uh, Darius Garland hurt his eye. He's been out with an eye injury since that home opener. They've gone undefeated without him. And not just like undefeated, they've played some actual good teams. They just beat Chicago, the Wizards, and Boston. Boston was awesome. Donovan Mitchell and Karis LeVert both dropped 41 in that win. That is impressive. Karis a is a unique player. And I think he he fits perfectly on this Cleveland squad because he's just overlooked and he's an afterthought constantly. He's capable of dropping 40, but then he'll have a night like uh, their their, uh, last game. Um, I think he had one point, right? That's that's him. Just kind of ebbs and flows. But 41, and to pair that with Donovan's 41 in a win against a, a good, obviously, Boston Celtics team. Awesome. Now, just barely, Donovan dropped 38 had a career-high 12 assists, and all of this was against, yep, you guessed it, the New York Knicks. Part of you has to believe that he was playing with some extra motivation. Actually, I guarantee he was. Playing with some motivation because it was the team that he wanted to be on and that he thought he was going to be on and the entire world thought he was going to be on, including myself. For sure showing the Knicks, you missed out on this. You should have done whatever you could have possibly done to get me. Now they're stuck with Grimes and R.J. Barrett when they could have Donovan Mitchell, who's playing the best basketball of his career. It's not even close. It is fun as hell to watch. Shout out Donovan, man. Pretty awesome. Cleveland, you need some love, and I'm giving it to you. But people need to start paying attention, man. If they can continue this, and I'm fascinated to see when Garland comes back. I think it should be soon. And when he does come back, how's how's that going to change things? If you can stagger Garland and Mitchell minutes, oh, brother. Garland was an all-star last year. You've got two stars on your team at at guard. Obviously stagger them. Of course, they'll start games and finish games. But if you can stagger those guys throughout, look out. Look out. Fun, fun team. Now we got to chat about the Portland Trailblazers. Again, currently sitting on top of the Western Conference. They're also 5-1. and one. Their only loss was to a struggling Miami Heat team. But the Blazers have wins against the Suns, the Lakers, and the Nuggets. Dame is obviously going to be Dame, right? He's averaging 31 a game. But he's not even who I want to talk about. I want to talk about these role players that they have pieced together. I referenced it vaguely and just barely on my last episode. But they have pieced together some very good young talent around Damian Lillard. Josh Hart. Jeremy Grant. Keon Johnson out of Tennessee. Shady Sharp out of, he's Canadian, but out of uh, Kentucky. And Gary Payton Jr. hasn't even played yet. And obviously Nurkic holding it down down low. But the biggest one is Anthony Simons. Unbelievable. I'm sure you all saw the game a couple nights ago where he got on just a heater and hit like five straight threes. He's averaging 20 and a half points a game. He is a stud. Again, it's six games into the season, but I, I will openly admit that I have mocked Damian Lillard, as awesome as he is, about his whole not running from the grind thing that he says all the time. And honestly, props to him, because when Portland went into this weird little mode where they started trading everybody and they shipped this buddy McCollum out to New Orleans and just kind of weirdly recreated this roster, I was in front of the line pointing and laughing, saying, what on earth are you guys doing over there in Portland? Dame, I appreciate, I respect your whole hustle, I respect not running from the grind, whatever, but nobody blames you right now. Go. Demand a trade. Get out of there. He didn't, he stayed, and six games into the season, the Trailblazers look like they have a good squad, a playoff squad. I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I did not, coming into the season, I did not expect that at all. But I really do, I think they're a playoff team. Now, what's awesome about all of these pieces is how young they are. They're so young. Simons is 23, Johnson's 20, Sharp is 19. Then you have guys like Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant who aren't that old, like they're not old. I don't know. Portland, again, I I never in a million years would have thought that we would be having this conversation six games into the season, and here we are. They're also really fun to watch because they, they play well together and they just launch. Dame obviously does his thing. He hasn't changed and hasn't skipped a beat, but Simons has come in and just, it's like he's been a little prodigy of Dame. And comes in, he can create his own shot, and he also launches, and it is awesome to see. It is fun, fun basketball. And when Gary Payton Jr. finally is healthy and comes back and plays, obviously that's only going to help them. They have actual wing defenders who are long. Josh Hart, great defender, underrated. Jeremy Grant, really long, scrappy defender. Really like him a lot. Gary Payton, obviously we all know what he can do, what he did for the Warriors last year in their finals run. Great defender who can also score it. And then again, you got Nurkic down low. Like this, they have, they have constructed a roster here. Somehow, it's like an island of misfit NBA players, and they put them together in Portland, and it's and it's working. I don't know. I like their roster. Feels funny saying that, but I really do. Shout out Portland. Yeah, those teams, man. Cleveland and Portland, we need to just start paying attention to. We need to give them some love. I'm going to mention them every episode from here on out because they absolutely deserve love. And unless they do something to prove us otherwise, they're going to get it. 100% they're going to get it. Okay, friends, I want to give a huge shout out to Griffel's Plasma, which if you're new to the podcast, you may not know I'm pumped about. When you feel like going and making a difference, dude, donating with Griffal's Plasma is a super easy way to show your good side because your plasma donation can be a game changer for a whole lot of people. Kind of like how the Ben Simmons, James Harden trade was a major game changer for the Sixers. Every time you donate with Griffal's Plasma, your one donation can be used to make up to five different medicines. That's a whole lot of good side you can share, plus you receive compensation. Now, before you go follow the suggested griffles plasma wisdom hydrate hydration is vital donating with griffles plasma is safe and easy but you always want to hydrate pre-game and post-game plasma makes medicines and a whole lot of people depend on these medicines donate today find a center at grifflesplasma.com and tell them josh sent you this advertisement is a paid promotion are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive you tired of wasting resources and money watering it if you are like me the answer is yes to all of those you should consider artificial grass beehive turf out of northern utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round check out beehive turf on instagram give them a call today for a free quote beehive turf take the sting out of caring for your lawn Let's talk about Philadelphia and everything going on in the entire city. We'll start off with something that just barely happened tonight. The Philadelphia Union beat NYCFC. They advanced to the MLS finals. Awesome. The Phillies beat the Astros in game one thanks to JT Real Muto's late game heroics with his uh, his home run in extras. We're heading to Philly tied 1-1. The Eagles today put an absolute beat down on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Moved to 7-0 and on the season and the Sixers with honestly a couple really nice looking wins that they've strung together back to back. We'll start with the top. I'm not going to pretend for a second that I know anything about soccer. So, very cool. I know what the MLS is. I know that they're advancing to the finals. I'll probably watch it. Shout out them. Awesome. I'm all for it. I honestly would like to start getting into soccer, I think. Feels funny saying that because I've always watched like the World Cup, I watched the Olympics. Love the Obviously, I love our country and I love anything that we do in any type of sport. So I'll always watch for that. I don't really get into the MLS. I I don't at all. I've, I've Again, being here in Utah, I've gone to a couple of Real Salt Lake games and they're really fun. But I need to start getting into the MLS more. I really do. So shout out the Union. Amazing. I will for sure watch the finals and I'm excited for that. Shout out to them. Now let's talk about the Phillies. I got absolutely bombarded by Houston Astros fans for tweeting out that video that everyone and their dog saw of the Astros starter clearly rubbing his hands together, putting something on the ball, whatever. Now, let's start at the top. Do I think he cheated? I don't know. But I'm leaning towards yes, only because it is the Houston Astros, right? If it was any other team, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. Every pitcher does that. And in his defense, every pitcher does do something like that. I have a big luxury and advantage of having one of my best friends who played college baseball, also played in Japan, and he, is, he pitched. So talking with him about it, I sent him the video. He's like, I don't really think it's anything with him touching his hand and just like rubbing it, right? It could be a combination of sweat and the rosin bag. I get it. He did say, however, the glove thing is weird because he clearly, in that clip at the very end, is going to his glove, rubbing something off of it, then maybe rubbing that into his hand, rubbing that onto the ball, whatever. The fact that he also changed his glove multiple times during the game. That is weird. Like, I don't care. Those, those things, if that happened with any other team, it would still raise a flag. But the fact that it's the Houston Astros and this cheating scandal happened, what, four or five years ago? That's not that long ago. So, of course, it's going to raise a red flag. Of course it is. That video is, like, blatant and clear. So all I did was tweet and say, honestly, look, it's going to take a long time for me to get that cheating scandal out of my head. It really is. I'm just being realistic. So I just said, hey, there's no way that I'll ever be convinced that the Astros are not still cheating at home with the video. And, whew, Yeah, people were not, uh, people weren't happy. Here's the funny thing what Houston fans don't realize. It's quite literal. Maybe they do realize it. I don't know any Houston fans. But it's quite literally you guys versus the entire world. Nobody likes you. And yet you guys still have this weird victim mentality of like, oh, it was five years ago. Like, give us a break. Like, no, absolutely not. The M- just because the MLB gave you a break and Rob Manford gave you a break without, like, with the t- teeny tiniest little punishment, why would we get out of here? You've got a roster filled with guys who are just clowns. I used to think Altuve was awesome. No, he isn't. He's not awesome. He's a little cheater. Quite literally, he's tiny, just a little cheater. I don't know. They drive me nuts. Really, really bug me. So, yeah, it was pretty awesome seeing the Phillies take a a one-game lead, jumping all over them. And uh, my brother pointed this out to me. We were watching it together. Justin Verlander has the worst World Series ERA. It's like six-something. And what's funny is he was absolutely dominating until that inning. uh, I want to say fifth inning. I'm I'm trying to remember. Middle of the game, whatever, when we jumped on him and finally started scoring runs and then took him out of the game and – Ultimately, I don't know if he got the loss or if it was a, a just a no decision. But anyway, I can't stand the Astros. However, uh, they are good and they can hit the ball. Obviously, they're in the World Series. So, look, I hope they are not cheating. I really do. We're, we'll find out eventually one day if they are. Great. But as of now, I'm going to try not to focus on it. I love, absolutely love what uh Phillies manager Rob Thompson said when they asked him post game like hey did you see Valdez running like rubbing stuff onto the baseball and he's like yeah we noticed it from the dugout and but the, the umps check every inning and if there is something going on the MLB is going to look into it so i'm not even going to worry about it fantastic answer love it that's great Valdez absolutely had it going and i don't again i haven't dove into this but somebody replied to my tweet and said yo Spin rates on Valdez's like breaking balls are way higher. I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, that's enough time talking about the cheaters, the Houston Astros. Uh, for game three, you got Noah Syndergaard for the Phillies throwing. All he needs to do, if he can give the Phillies four, obviously the more innings the better, but if he can have four or five solid innings, maybe with a run or two given up like he typically does, He'll be lights out for a couple innings, and he'll give up like a bomb, and then they take him out. If he can do that again, and the Phillies can, just like they did in game one, almost construct the perfect game through the bullpen, I feel great. The bats need to get going. They need to wake up. Left too many men on base game two, but again, uh, all I could focus on was that clip of the pitcher, Valdez. Rubbing something into his hand and then very, again, maybe it's because I was just viewing it this way, but very clearly in my eyes, wiping his hand in his hair and then quite literally rubbing his hand on his pants and his jersey before he went over and the umps checked it out. I don't know. I can't not see it. So a part of me is like, okay, would he do that? Because he knows every camera in the world is on him. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea, but that's all I can focus on. So anyway, game three tomorrow, Halloween night. Oh, my goodness gracious, is Philly going to be rocking? Truly rocking. I think the the crowds in Houston were so just, what a buzzkill. Even one of the Astros fans tweeted after game one and was like, it, it was a, a video of a bunch of fans sitting behind home plate, like three sections worth, where he's like, it's a tie game with two outs and not a soul is standing. That does not happen in Philly. I will tell you that right now. They are going to make that Houston crowd look like a junior college. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait to see it. Go Phils. Now, let's talk about the Birds. I don't want to be this guy, but could the Birds run the table? Their schedule is a cakewalk. There are three games that jump out. Everybody looking at their schedule knows this, right? It's the Packers and the Titans back to back uh end of November and start of December but both those games are in Philly and then obviously the bird uh the Birds boys game on Christmas Eve maybe the Saints game on New Year's Day I don't I don't know I'm just the way that the Eagles are playing they are so dominant on both sides of the ball the literal only thing that could be tweaked is the special teams and obviously you guys all know Covey is my guy I love him. Yeah, he could be better, but the entire special teams could be better. He is not getting any blocks. He's not getting any opportunity to do it. He's also not making mistakes, so everyone needs to chill out on that. Like, Philly fans are hilarious because quite literally undefeated in 7-0, but they just want more. It's like, everybody relax. Look, if he had fumbled multiple times and muffed a bunch of punts, I would agree with you, but everybody relax. It's okay. I'm telling you, I've said it almost every episode, he is going to turn one and bust one loose, and Philly fans are going to completely change. So keep eye out for that. But I genuinely mean this. I, I, this schedule is very, very friendly. Next week, uh, Thursday night football in Houston, which is hilarious uh, how that worked. It was almost meant to be with if the World Series games need to go back to Houston, knock on wood, they don't. But if that happens, then they're playing Thursday night. Come on. Unbelievable. So you got Houston, you've got Washington in Philly, you've got the Birds at the Colts, and then the Packers and Titans, what I talked about. I don't know. I don't know. I really like it. I don't want to jinx it. Now that I said this, watch some of these, like Washington and Houston will somehow be close games. But I don't know. Watching Jalen Hurts play, I mean, he has to be the MVP front runner. He has to. Every ball he throws is perfectly placed. A.J. Brown showed today exactly why you trade for him. All three of his touchdowns were like the exact same route, exact same play, just perfectly placed by Hertz, right in the breadbasket. And the picture of A.J. Brown pointing at both the Steelers defenders who are on the ground after he scored his third touchdown will be etched in my memory for forever. That was unbelievable. This team is fun. They are awesome. They've got swag. Everything about them is incredible. The defense is sweet. Shout out Jordan Davis. Look like he has a high ankle sprain. Obviously, rookie from Georgia. Uh, just a tank of a human. Hope that he gets, uh, hope it's not bad because he actually started showing up and looked really nice. Birds look good. Birds look good. I am biased, but they look great. So let's talk about the Sixers. Sixers did exactly what I thought they would do with their three games last week. They beat the Pacers and they split in Toronto. They split in Toronto all thanks to Tyrese Maxey. Holy moly. I get crushed from my, my uncle thinks I'm this like a ho, total Maxey homer and I am, but he, anytime Maxey doesn't do well or does do well, he's always shooting me a little notes like, Hey, talk about Maxey, talk about Maxey. Uh, let's do it. He dropped 44 in Toronto in a game without Joel Embiid. He went 9 from 12 from 3, 15 from 20 from the field. It was unbelievable. His heat checks were incredible. Even listening to the Raptors commentators, they were like, "Yeah, like he would pull he he got that steal and pulled up." And they were just like, "Yeah, like what what do you do? What do you what do we say? Amazing." Now that was followed up with just a 14.9 against the Bulls, but Embiid was back. And Embiid carried the squad. He had 25, hit a clutch three, and then had a big defensive stand to seal the win on. I believe it was DeRozan. The scoring was pretty evenly dispersed. Toby at 13, Harden at 15. By the way, that was Harden's worst game of the season. Maybe his worst game uh, as a sixer. Probably not because he had some rough playoff games last year, but this is not one that he'll want to remember. Maxey had 14, as I mentioned. Melton had 10, Niang had 15. The bench is kind of starting to show a little life. I like that Doc is reaching in and trying to find different lineups. Matisse getting a little bit of run here and there. Look, again, I said it last episode, I was so in on the bench in the second unit watching them play against Boston the first game. I was all in. But then they went completely stagnant. So I am very glad to see Doc actually reach in and tweak some things. I like that Matisse is getting a little bit of run. I think that's great. I love the way that Melton's been playing. I think that he is going to slowly find his groove. Niang, again, in a much more comfortable situation for him and where he comes in off the bench. What I want to see is how we can get some more minutes for Tyrese Maxey where he's the man. How we can replicate what he did in Toronto. Obviously, he's not going to drop 44. But how we can replicate what he did in Toronto without Embiid, but with Embiid. Now, is that when Harden and Joe go to the bench and we run that Montrezl Harrell and George Niang lineup, do you let Maxie just get the ball and go? I think so. Obviously, you're going to start Maxie, and you're going to have him on the floor with Harden. They're going to end the games together. I get all of that. I want to see that get staggered so that Maxie can have the ball in his hands and be the man because anytime he does that, we continue to see him do things like he did in Toronto. He's unbelievable. Sixers look like they're waking up. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I'm glad that Doc has tried to tweak some things up with the bench lineup. I think it's slowly starting to work. Chicago's a good team. Yes, they don't have Lonzo. They don't have some other guys. They're a good team. That's a good road win. It really is. So they're waking up, which you absolutely love to see. The Sixers got a little stretch here where we're going to talk about it in a sec, but it's, uh, I think they're finally starting to catch up with the rest of the city of Philadelphia. Every single sport. So that's good. Slow start. Again, we all got to be patient. Patience is a virtue. Hate hearing that, but it's true. So my things to watch for until next week's episode. Obviously the World Series. We could have a World Series champ uh, by next week's episode. Would love nothing more if we're talking about a parade on Broad Street. That would be my absolute favorite thing in the world. The Sixers have Washington back-to-back and then the Knicks. Here's a bold prediction. I think the Sixers go 3-0. and They beat all three of them. Eagles, as I mentioned, have the Texans on Thursday in Houston. I think the birds come out uh, on top there. I feel very confident about it. And let me know, anybody listening, if you're going to be there for that Eagles game or if you tentatively have plans to go to Houston. Maybe it's just a spur-of-the-moment thing to, if, heaven forbid, the World Series goes back to Houston. Uh, let me know. I want to hear about it. The Lakers got their first win of the season tonight. Good for them. They beat the Denver Nuggets. I'm calling it now. Every I haven't looked yet, but every single major, major media account is all they're going to say is stuff like, is Russ back? Is Westbrook back? And it's going to be annoying. So watch. I'm calling it. The Jazz. We got to talk about the Jazz again. I mentioned it before. They're the funnest team in the NBA to watch. That hasn't changed in a week. It hasn't. They are awesome. They just beat the Grizzlies. Granted, they didn't have John ja Morant. But they went on an 8-0 run to end the game, ended up winning by one. The crowd is into it. it. Like It's fun. It's just fun basketball. If you're not watching the Jazz play, you need to start watching the Jazz play. Although, I'm going to say this. I think they're finally going to go on a little bit of a skid here. The Grizzlies, they've got uh, a Monday. And I think Jaw's back, so... I think that they're gonna. The Jazz are finally gonna go on a little skid. They got the Grizzlies. They're at the Mavericks. They're at the Lakers. At the Clippers. Lakers again, and then the Hawks. So a tough little stretch. Honestly, then after that, you got the Wizards and the Sixers. So a tough stretch here. And I think we're finally gonna start to see the Jazz skid a little bit. What's funny is I thought this was gonna happen two games ago. There, the Jazz are missing a bunch of dudes. A bunch of guys are either sick or injured or just being held out, and they're still winning games. That is what a young, scrappy, fun team does. Just find ways to win games, and that's what they're doing. So, again, I can only say it so many times. Watch the Jazz play basketball. You are going to enjoy it. You really are. So, shout out the Jazz. Um, I hate the Lakers. The Lakers suck. And I I hate that now that they got their first win, that's all that's going to be on TV and all over social media tomorrow is, is Laker highlights and talking about how they're back. So, keep an eye out for that. That's all I've got. A fantastic week in sports. What a time. I say this every week, and it is so true. What a time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Feels good to say that because I know that's not always been the case, and it certainly won't be the case. Um, God, I, I am not going, unfortunately, but I have some family who are going to the games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, I want to see every possible clip. It is going to be rocking. And again, I can't wait to see it. Uh, the Phillies games, that is, in the World Series. So let's see it. I hope everybody has a great week. My my giveaways, uh, again, they've been awesome. And I hope everybody's been enjoying them. But giving away so much stuff for my Utah Jazz friends. Uh, that Colin Sexton, me teaming up with my sponsor, Griffles. uh, little Griffles giveaway. Giving away signed Colin Sexton basketball. Bunch of jazz gear. And uh, next week, we've got an even bigger one, and this is for all Sixers fans. So everybody's going to love it. Keep an eye out for that. Again, I just love giveaways, man. That's so fun. Absolutely love it. You guys are the greatest. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you can and haven't already, please do the whole like, subscribe thing. Reviews, one star, five stars, I don't care. I just appreciate it all. Love you all. Hope you have a fantastic week. Be nice to each other. And uh, that's all, folks. We'll